0: personal finance is actually pretty political. <laughs> um, I recently did a YouTube video called Fall in Love with Inclusion in Personal Finance. And that video basically went into more of this side of the the racial issue and um, making sure that there is Diversity and representation in the personal finance world, and why that is so important. And of course, that kind of side note got me talking a little bit about politics and why politics and money cannot be separated, and why voting is so important. And so, that was just kind of a side note of that video, um, which I can link to that video if you haven't seen it yet. It was such a great video, and I'm so proud of it and the message that I um, put out in that video. So I will link to it if you haven't seen it yet. But that led me to thinking that there were more topics that I kind of wanted to touch on as far as the actual um, why money and politics are so intertwined and not picking a side. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm just telling you that voting is really important and that money and politics are so intertwined and why. So let's um, jump right into that. So basically, um, in this falling in love with inclusion and finances video, I mentioned that there have been a lot of people on social media who will say you know stick to what you know stick to talking about personal finance leave politics out of this who are you to say in all of this and it's not just people in the personal finance community it's it's any influencer it's any athlete any celebrity you know anybody like this they're like you know when um the mlb did their strike their protest for black lives matter and they all you know set out a game in in strike in to raise awareness of the issues and there were so many people that were like look just stick to playing the sport keep politics out of sports, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, I'm not telling you which side to choose on that, but I am saying that when you tell athletes to stick to playing their sport, when you tell celebrities to stick to the movies, stick to the music, stick to what they're supposed to do and not speak out on politics, that is no different than telling an electrician, hey, stick to being an electrician. Don't don't have an opinion on politics. Hey, stick to being a nurse. Don't have an p- opinion about politics. Stick to being a teacher. No one wants to hear from you. You know, do your job. And keep your political opinion to yourself. And when we do that, and when we say that, who else is supposed to speak out on politics if we're all supposed to just stick to our jobs and not have an opinion about politics then who is going to speak out on politics just politicians just career politicians and I think that most people no matter which side of the spectrum you vote on most people will say well career politicians that's the problem you know these people have been in office too long they're detached from normal life they don't know what's going on with the regular people except when the regular people try to speak out on politics they need to be quiet and just stick to what they know and i've seen this so much personally in the debt-free community in the personal finance community on instagram and a lot of my friends, you know, as well will post whatever they think about politics, whichever side they're on. And people will say, "You didn't you need to just stay in your lane. You need to just like talk about the budget and we don't want to hear about politics." If everyone does that, then no one will speak out. There will be no voices. And to me, I think if you are a voter, you have a right to an opinion. If you have a social media account, you have the right to share your opinion. I don't have to agree with your opinion. You don't have to agree with mine. But we all have our right to share. So first of all, thinking that, you know, taking that out of the equation of, well, whatever my job is, that doesn't give me the right to have an opinion. That's just not true. You are entitled to your opinion and you are entitled to a voice And your voice matters, no matter what your status is in life, no matter what your occupation is in life, especially, I mean, if you are a registered voter, if you are a voter, you have a right, okay? And I think that voting is one of those things that will get me on my soapbox all day long, which is basically why I'm doing this episode for you guys. I have read so much history. You guys know that I was a history major in college and before I became a mom, my plan was to be a high school history teacher. That was my plan. Um and then I got pregnant with June and my plans changed. But so that is what I went to school for. And um I just know throughout history for one how hard people fought for our right to vote, how hard people fought for our freedoms and you know the the constitution and the amendments and all the rights to vote. And then not only that on top of fighting for the right for women to vote and for African Americans to vote and for um, everything that has come from all of that for all of us to have a voice basically a lot has went into that and I think that we do history a huge disservice when we don't exercise that right and again I'm not telling you who to vote for I don't care who you vote for as long as you go into it educated as long as you go into it Knowing the reasons why you're voting for the person that you're voting for. And especially if you're a woman, especially if you are a black American, a Latino American, you know, all all of the minority races, um, because people have fought even harder for your right to vote and that's why it is so so important we cannot do our ancestors this disservice by completely ignoring what they fought for and that is what makes our country one of the greatest countries in the world is that we have this voice the problem is is that we have this voice and we're We use it on social media all day long, but we don't use it in politics where it could actually make a difference. And we can do both. You know, we can do both. And voting is so, so important, you guys. And it's not just for president. And there are a lot of people who will only vote for president. And sure, that's better than nothing. But it's not just about president. It is about your senators, your representatives, it is about your governors, all of your state and local officials. Because up close that's that's what matters, you guys. It's voting for your sheriffs and, you know, all of the all of the other local officials. That stuff matters too. We have to show up to all of these elections. And there are so many reasons why people don't vote there's you know my voice doesn't matter my voice doesn't matter your voice doesn't matter because you're not allowing it to matter your voice does matter and you have to use that voice and it's not just using it at the polls like it's using it in everything that you do in your everyday life and how you show up how you show up every day And that doesn't mean that you have to go spewing political rhetoric, you know, yelling at strangers about it and being, you know, crazy about it or anything. But it's how you show up. It's in in the examples that you use. It is how we show up for our children and the people around us. That's what makes the difference. And so I personally, like, I will not go to the polls without a list of who I'm going to vote for. And personally, I am not someone who sits here and watches the news because my anxiety cannot handle that. I don't, you know, check the news every single day. Most of my news I get from social media. And then if there's something, you know, really big going on, I will turn on the actual news, you know, to watch the debates. Or if there's something... Um, you know, a natural disaster or something really big happening, I will watch the news, you know, for those kind of things as well. But I'm not someone who knows exactly who's running for every single state and local office. Um, So what I do is I go to vote411.org. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes, you can scroll down and just click over to it. Um, It's vote411.org. And what they do on there is you can go in there and say where where you live and they will tell you who is up for election in your area. And then most of the time, not every single candidate does, but most candidates will have a paragraph or so um, about what they stand for, who they are. Some of them will even have questions that they have answered. Um, You know, more the higher up level they are, usually the more details they have on there. But even if they don't have details, that gives you a name so you can quick, you know, do a Google, pop over to their website, read a little bit about them, maybe go watch some videos of interviews they've done or something and get more informed. And so what I do is I will go through that vote411.org. I will see who's up for election in my area and I will make a list you know, and then I will go and I'll do my research and I'll do this, you know, a couple days before I plan to go vote. And then I will get a little post-it or an index card and I will write down who I intend to vote for. Um, if there's propositions on the ballot, I'll write down which local propositions, you know, like school board, like type things. Um, local tax dollars how they're going to be spent things like that. I'll write down those as well. And then I just have my little note card with me that I will carry into the the polling center and use that. And it also takes a lot of the guesswork out. You know, you've done all your research beforehand. And especially if you're like me, I take my kids with me every time I go to vote and for one because I just want them to see It happening. I want to set that example for them. And two, I mean, I like barely ever have a babysitter during the day. So (laughs) um, I really don't have any other choice but to take them. So I use it as a learning moment and you know, explain to them what we're doing and walk them through all of that. So when I go in with my note card of who I'm gonna vote for, it makes it that much faster. It takes you know, the stress out of it. I just bubble in boxes. I've already made up my mind who I'm going to vote for. And then, you know, I have my kids, there are distracting me and I, it's not, it, it's so much easier that way. Um, so just side note on that. <laughs> Again, that is vote411.org. So you can go and do that research for who's on your ballot as well. So, okay, back to why you can't detach politics from money. You cannot detach politics from money because it is so intertwined in so many things that happen with our money. And it's just like you can't detach mental health from money. It is all connected. So if we were to ignore all the mental health things that go into our money, all of our, you know, our past traumas, the way we do, why we do what we do, why do we have a shopping addiction? Why do we you know, feel like we're never worthy of being successful and all of the, you know, um, mental health type of aspects that go into our money, we can't ignore that, right? Just like we can't ignore all of the political issues that go into our money. And if we did, there would basically be nothing else left to talk about. Um, So think about it this way. Politics directly affects... Things like funding for unemployment and I know so many people that have been affected by COVID and by the economy lately and to the point that they have had to collect unemployment checks and that is what they were depending on. That is their livelihood at the moment. That's what's keeping food on the table and that is directly affected to politics and we've seen, you know, people not getting the unemployment checks in a timely manner and the stimulus checks and everything that's happened with that. We can also talk about food stamps and social security and health care. All of those things are half political, half money, you know? And who is in charge of our government determines. All of these things, they de- they determine if we get a stimulus check or not. They determine the food stamps regulations. They determine will Social Security still exist when we're old enough to collect Social Security, <laughs> right? They control what is going to happen with healthcare, where it is currently, where it used to be, where it will go in the future. And that is healthcare costs are a huge part of so many people's budgets they're a huge part of our debt right and all of this is directly political and financial connected politics also affects our taxes how much we have to pay in taxes or how much some people don't have to pay in taxes, and what's fair and what's not, politics right there. You have politics coming out of your paycheck, every single paycheck, every single paycheck. You have, that amount is decided by the people in power. And not only that, it's decided of where that money will go. We fund the government, you guys. The taxpayers fund the government. My little family here in the middle of nowhere, Texas, pays our, gosh, I don't know, 20, 30,000 of income tax every year. That's a lot of money. And to me, I want to make sure that that money is well spent. If, I, if someone gave me that money and said invest this money, would I be okay with investing it in the way that the government invests it, right? My husband and I talk all the time about local um, things like our highways, how well our highways are maintained or how well they're not maintained, um, picking up the trash on the side of the road and things like that. And we're always like, that, like, if I was in charge of how my tax dollars were spent, these highways would be better. This this trash would be picked up. This, you know, these teachers would be paid more. All these things, um, obviously. And there's so many other examples that I could use, but you guys get the idea. And this also affects things like recently with the pandemic protocols, and everything that we have seen since COVID, not only how COVID was handled, not only how many people die have died from the pandemic, but also how and when businesses were shut down, when people were laid off, um, how quickly they got their unemployment checks, how quickly... Um, we got our stimulus checks or how slowly, whichever way you want to go about it. Um, at the rate we got our stimulus checks, how much we got for our stimulus checks, the fact that we haven't gotten a second one, all of that is political. The number of jobs affected by COVID, how that was handled, political. It just is. Um, and then things like the unemployment rates job creation the stock market the economy as a whole all of that is political it all it affects how the stock market is doing how the economy as a whole is doing affects your investments and affects your retirement which then in turn affects how long you work how long you have to work Where your money is going. How fast your money is growing. So you can't tell me that politics and personal finance are not completely intertwined. Because I looked at our retirement accounts during all of this with COVID. During this recession. And yep. It definitely affected our money. Right there. Anyone who has been laid off because of COVID will tell you it affected (laughs) their money, right? But it's not only that. I think another huge issue is how much politics are involved in our education system. And then we know that our education is a trickle down effect will affect our money. And so politics makes a decision on who our governments are, who our local officials are, even voting on school board members, even voting on um, proposals for funding the schools. I know that we here recently, I think it was maybe two or four years ago, I can't remember which election it was, we voted on a huge school bill. And now they're adding on to the high school here, they're building a brand new elementary school, they're adding on to one of the middle schools you know, huge, huge tax bill. Um, That was political. I was in the voting booth bubbling in my answer of which side I thought we should take on that issue. Politics, money, education. The quality of all of these children's education will affect how much money they make, which will affect our economy, specifically our local economy, right? Right. There you go. Politics, money, intertwined right there. Not only that it is our our right to choose, which I think a lot of people don't talk about enough, is our right to choose public, private, or homeschool education. And I feel really fortunate to be in Texas where the homeschool laws are very, very lax. We don't have to... You know, answer to anyone we don't have to turn in anything i know the other states are much more strict there are other states where you know, homeschoolers still have to take standardized tests they have to report certain things periodically throughout the school year all these things that directly is affected by our state government those options and also our um our public school system as a whole, is something that even as a homeschooling parent that I am concerned about, that I want to be in the know about, <laughs> because it affects how our, the next generation is going to be educated, how they're going to grow up, and these young people will be the future leaders of our country, Right? The people who are in school right now will one day be the president and the senators and the governors. And how do we fund their education? And we know that lower income areas will have less school funding. They'll have less opportunities. And so their education will be even more challenged. And the odds are going to be stacked against them from the beginning. And it will be even harder to break this cycle. Some of us that know that we grew up in areas that didn't have very well-funded schools or we were low-income families growing up. It's even harder to break that cycle. And what breaks that cycle? Education. Education breaks the cycle. I was the first person in my family to graduate college. I broke the cycle and it was really hard and I did it through education. And we talk about generational wealth and we talk about changing our family tree. Generational wealth cannot be built without education, without opportunities. And this isn't always just a traditional university. Um, you know, my husband didn't go to college, but he has his Merchant Mariner's training that he's done. That's education. He might not have a bachelor's degree, but he has an education in his career. Right? And without the proper funding for these schools, the education just isn't there. And then what do we do? We get stuck in this vicious cycle of not being able to build generational wealth and poverty leads to poverty leads to poverty and we're not we're not breaking that link there and you've probably seen on social media people saying like you know I was never taught these life skills in school I wasn't taught how to do a budget I wasn't taught about taxes I wasn't taught you know all these other things they want to put that into a meme But the sad truth behind that is that is sad. (laughs) That is not good. And this is based on who is deciding what is going to be in the curriculum. And what we are not taught can affect our success as an adult, can directly affect our money our occupations our income level and I think that what if the system was designed to keep you uneducated about these things I know we don't like to think about that and it gets very um conspiracy theory ish but think about it for a minute what if they don't want you to know about personal finance? What if they don't want you to fully understand taxes? They don't want you to know because they want to keep you lower and middle class. They want to keep you right there just ignorantly paying taxes and not knowing why, not knowing how, not knowing, you know, not knowing all the things. Not knowing how to invest and a lot of people will talk about um like Michael Lacey from Winning to Wealth talking about that it is a rebellious act to become educated to break the cycle I know a lot of people have been posting this as well um it's a rebellious act to be educated and to build this generational wealth especially when the odds are stacked against you especially when the system was designed to keep you mediocre to keep you struggling and i feel like if taxes and personal finance budgeting you know life skills you know every everything to knowing how to change a tire and knowing I don't know like how to cook and like all these all these basic life skills. We want to say in memes and we want to joke and we want to rant that these things should have been taught in school but why aren't they? And why are we not holding these officials accountable? Why are we not making sure that this stuff is taught in school? Why aren't we voting for people that will put this stuff in schools? Why are we not asking these questions? Because it it's too late for us. Like we've already had our education and now it's up to us to teach ourselves if we want to know more about personal finance, but it's not too late for the next generation. It's not too late for the kids that are in school now. And it's not too late for the upcoming generations, our grandchildren or our great grandchildren. And I think that if you don't think that political that, that politics and personal finance are intertwined, then I don't think you've been paying attention. It's true. And I'm sorry if that upsets you. But we have to pay attention. We have to pay attention to the wage gap. The wage gap is real. And just because it doesn't affect you, maybe it doesn't affect you. Maybe you do get paid what you're worth <laughs> maybe you do get paid equal as you know your co-workers but it does affect a lot of people the wage gap is real for women the rate the wage gap is real for black and latino americans women and minorities systematically get paid less that's political that's financial. And fi- financial literacy and education is crucial to changing this. It is crucial to breaking those glass ceilings. A 2018 Census Bureau report said that white Americans earn a median income of 65000 a year. Black and African American families earn a median of 41000 a year. And Hispanic and Latino Americans earn a median of 51000 a year. The wage gap is real. And it all goes back to education. It all goes back to your school systems being funded properly. It all goes back to is the system... Even in your favor, and who is in control of what the system does? We have to have education, we have to have financial literacy. It is crucial. Representation in our government is crucial. We have to have women in these leadership roles. We have to have Black and Latino Americans in these roles. We're underrepresented, which is why we're underpaid. Which is why we are undereducated. Or we're undereducated, which is why we're underpaid. There you go. And that's not true for every single person. I get that. But statistically, it is true. And if we want the hope, of the next generations, of it not being so hard for them to build generational wealth, if we want them to have more opportunities to break free from a system that was designed to keep them lower and middle class, it starts with who is in charge. It starts with who makes the decisions on taxes, on education, on healthcare. It starts with who makes those decisions, and it trickles down. It trickles down to us and our kids and our future grandkids and great grandkids. So, just think about that. You can disagree with me all you want, um, but that's my two cents, and I hope that. You were open-minded and listened, and I hope that you do your research when it comes to voting. Again, I don't care who you vote for. I don't care which side you vote for. I'm not here to tell you that. I'm just here to tell you to do your research, go in there educated, know who you're going to vote for and why. Don't just vote for them because they belong to a certain political party because, honestly, I think— The whole division of political parties is complete BS and we need to vote for people based on their values, um, based on how it will affect us personally. So again, go to the vote411.org, do your research about who's going to be on your ballot, research what they stand for. Don't pick them just because of which political party they represent, pick them for what they stand for. Make your little list of who you're going to vote for. Show up at the polls. Even if you're dragging your kids along, especially if you're dragging your kids along, show up. Show up. Because if you care at all about your money, you should care about politics. Okay? All right. I love you guys. I see you guys. I support you. I'm cheering for you. Um, Please share this episode especially this week it is so so important. All right, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye guys. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a sunny side up life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe. Reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.